Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. My name is Walton. Typically speaking, I am joined by my deer slaying, turkey tagging out co-host, but unfortunately today he got called into some mandatory overtime, which sounds both like a blessing and a curse, if I'm being completely honest. But uh, he will be back here shortly. In fact, we've got some turkey stories to tell you guys here in the very near future, and uh, I cannot wait to bring that to you. So for tonight, I'm going to be flying solo, and I'm recording an intro to this because we are continuing to build upon the series of live podcasts, live video podcasts that uh, brings you guys closer to the guests, lets you visualize some of these topics that are sometimes better better viewed on, on video, or maybe you just prefer to watch it on YouTube. This podcast is oriented towards you guys. We're making moves in that that direction where we're talking kind of in a roundtable fashion, perhaps a little fewer on the uh, interview side of things and more on the general talk, talk show kind of feel, I guess. Maybe Deer Camp is a better way of saying it. And uh, this week I'm going to be joined by Joey Bell. Parker McDonald and Byron Horton. All of those are names that you probably have seen on Facebook or uh, YouTube, The Whitetail Experience, Southern Ground Hunting. And Joey Bell is active in a wide variety of turkey hunting groups and is a fantastic turkey hunting uh, influence in my life, and so I'm glad to have him on the show. We're going to be talking about a real fun topic, and I'm going to let that just kind of slide for now, and you guys can get to the show in just a second. But before we get there, I just want to say thank you to two, two groups of people. One, Patreon. All you guys who have signed up to support the show on a monthly basis, it blows me away. We've got some really fun giveaways for you guys coming, some exclusive content that's headed your way in the very near future, and I am thrilled to say that we are building what I think is the best deer, turkey, fishing, outdoor camp ever seen. So if you don't know what Patreon is, or if this is your first time listening, uh, if you sign up monthly, 5 or $10 tier, you get free swag, free shoutouts on the podcast, discounts on the web store. You also get added to our Digital Deer Camp Discord group, which is like a little mini 
forum, uh, but just better experience because we moderate it to a better uh, degree, a higher degree, I should say. And then there's the Marco Polo group if you're in the $10 tier. And uh, these are just really active groups where you can contribute, learn from other people, pick the brains of individuals, and have a great time doing it. So uh, those are some of the ways that we say thank you, and I appreciate each and every one of you guys who has signed up thus far to uh, support the channel. It means the world to us, and that money doesn't go into our pocket. It goes right back into production costs. Uh, we're, we're producing more YouTube videos. In fact, we got several turkey hunting videos that are coming down the pipe as quickly as we can get them to you. And uh, that's all because you guys help us buy the equipment that we need and travel to go to where, we're, where we travel. So huge shout out to you guys and huge shout out to Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge has been with us for uh, a little over a year now and it has been a guilt-free endorsement. They are fantastic people. Bill has got a passion project that I believe will help you become a better deer hunter by helping refine where you're going hunting. He takes millions of data points to create a predictive analysis of what kind of habitat you can find deer based on all of the scientific variables that we know via GAPS trackers deer are actually doing and going and when and why. And so so what this gives you is the ability to, when you're trying to decide where you're going in the morning, you can pull this up and it's an influence in your arsenal. It's a tool in your arsenal as to where you're going. So use the promo code ChasingTales, T-A-L-E-S, to get 25% off your membership and lock in the price before it increases this fall. Bill's got a pile of awesome upgrades coming, but that's going to make the cost go up a little bit more, and you can lock that in for life if you use that promo code, and it lets him know that we're giving him the love that he deserves. Bill's also sponsoring the Yakin for Bass Challenge, which we will announce in the very few weeks the details of that. We've got some exciting changes coming, and we are partnering with him to do some really fun things. So if you skip intros, you don't know that's coming, you're not going to know about it. So Lesson learned. Don't skip intros, but uh, I'll keep this one under four and a half minutes <laughs> and get y'all to the show now. But I just wanted to say thanks to everybody who helps make this show possible. One. All right, we're live. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. Uh, we are down a Chasing Tales team member. Everybody, um, send your thoughts and prayers to Chase. He is for working what is alleged mandatory overtime. I don't know how that works. Um, I kind of want some of it because I have big hunting plans come this fall, but I don't get mandatory overtime. He does. Uh, so he is, he's going to be a consumer of this podcast, much like you are listening to it after the fact. And uh, it's going to break his heart because we're going to have a little bit of a debate here. And, you know, Chase is full of opinions and, and, and the life of the party uh, on most occasions. But uh, I am surrounded by three individuals who I think are going to provide a really cool perspective. And Parker and I, back in January, we talked about, uh, doing these podcasts in a slightly different format when we, you know, Chase and Parker and I talk literally every day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't talk to Parker. And one of the things we talked about, whether these, they were, there are these really fun topics that aren't really interview, they're more round table, they're more deer camp style conversations. And so I am thrilled to say that Parker, since he helped me kind of develop that idea is here for one of the bigger ones that we're going to do. Uh, today, we're going to tackle a topic that is probably going to upset some people, and it's probably going to validate some other people. Uh, but in the end, I'm just hoping that it has a, it generates a dialogue that we can kind of take away from here and maybe expand. So uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But why don't you guys, we'll, we'll do this counterclockwise. Why don't you introduce yourselves? Counterclockwise on I just yeah, realized on whose I don't screen? know that's screen. <laughs> on, yeah, on whose screen. So whoever's right here should go. <laughs> Is that Parker? I am right there on my no. screen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Parker, you go. 
<laughs> all right. So what are we doing? We're just introducing ourselves. Yeah, man. Just a little. Um, not that anybody right. on my show doesn't know who you are, but sure. My, it's funny. My dad was actually like, "Have you ever actually went back to your podcast and listened to how many shout outs Walter Lee gets on your podcast?" And he literally told me that today. He was like, "Almost every episode, it's like he's pretty much like your show." <laughs> um. Anyway, so my name is Parker McDonald. I host southern ground hunting on the podcast and on the youtube channel uh been doing it uh about the same same length as, as walt just a little more successful uh <laughs> god he threw it on air oh were we <laughs> off air when we said that yeah. earlier yes. dang well now everybody's gonna have to listen to the content um uh anyway yeah that's that's what i do and i have i have mixed opinions on our topic today yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Byron. Yeah. This is uh, Byron Horton. Uh, I've been on the podcast a time or two in the early days, Walt. Uh, I think five, six. Is it going on seven ish years? Dude, it, it's got to be getting close to six. I just realized that when you said that, dude. So uh, I run a, a small YouTube uh, brand out of uh, the Ohio area, kind of public land focused, and uh, have uh, received a, a phone call from. Parker on the same day he killed his best, well, one of his best bucks, and I happened to miss uh, an opportunity that same day uh, in the same state. So that was kind of cool. And I've uh, been a big fan of both Walt and Parker. Oh, and watching them do what they do. So glad to be here. Okay. So for perspective's sake, I'm, I'm confirming this right now. Yes, this is true. The first time that I had you on, I had you on before Parker, and there's some history to that too, but I had you on before Parker. We have history, by we do. We do. Um, it's not it's not the nicest history. Uh, <laughs> August, July 31st, 2017. 2017. You were the you were like the third interview wow. had on the podcast, man. Wow. I know. 40 pounds and five years ago. OK, Joey, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, my name is uh, Joey Bell. I have no no youtube channel or anything successful to put to my name except you that do I'm a, have a you have a podcast you have a podcast joey oh yeah so, so this is where you need I, to plug that podcast well you know i, I didn't say i said it wasn't successful <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they uh I'm a, I'm a husband and a dad and a lowly turkey hunter. And yes, I have a, a podcast uh, along with two other coworkers focused on the concrete construction industry called the Add 10 Gallons Concrete Podcast. So there's a shameless plug for, for that lowly podcast that we do <laughs> sometimes when we have time. Dude, there's we're, some we're concrete actually worse guy. Than Walt. There's some we're concrete worse than guy Walt about releasing right episodes. <laughs> there's there's got to be one. One concrete guy, at least. There's, yeah, there's, there's, one, there's one guy out there that's like, man, I've been looking for a podcast about concrete. Hey, hey God bless him. I think I've actually got an idea who that is, actually. That's the funny part. Um, okay, so so here's, here's the deal. Uh, today's topic is nuanced. And what you just heard is we've got a wide array of people. Three of us are within the subject that we're going to be talking about. So we are giving uh, opinions from within something that Joey is a consumer of, um, and he is giving an outside opinion of. And so that topic is uh, hunting influencers and the impact they're having on the hunting industry. Okay. Now 
this is not going to be a boring topic. We're going to keep this lighthearted. We're going to have fun with this. Uh, Joey's actually here for comedic relief. Um, so he's doing a good job already slinging mud at my expense. So good job, Joey. Uh, you're welcome back on the next episode. <laughs> but <laughs> This is a topic that stems from a podcast that you and Parker worked on, on the Southern ground, which was uh, something to the effect of social media's impact on the hunting, uh, the hunting sphere. And you know, it was kind of narrow in scope. And I think it was great that it was narrow in scope because this thing has multiple components. And I reached out to Parker and was like, yo, I'm thinking about doing one of these. Do you think it's going to encroach on what, what you did? And, uh, you know, heck no. And he, he, he basically said, let's, let's do one. And so, uh, to start this, I think we kind of have to talk about what an influencer is, right? Because you have people like Joey, who's got an Instagram page, and he kills a bunch of stuff and he puts it all over his, his Instagram page. And then you got Parker who hunts 13 different States in a year and has a YouTube channel. And then, you know, Byron and I, who are kind of the weekend warriors all the way down to, you know, people who let other people catch fish and hand them to them and take photos and have huge Instagram and Facebook pages. And so I guess open debate kind of let's maybe try and find some common ground as to what we think like a hunting influencer is. I think Joey's probably the one that has to answer that because uh, as somebody fair. as somebody who doesn't have like a like a like a dedicated hunting brand. Right. Joey's I will mm-hmm. say that, Joey, your your Instagram page. I know there's people who follow that and watch what you're doing. And so I, I definitely would say that you'd be considered an influencer at a level, but you're not trying to be necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm in no way, shape or form a content creator, you know, like, uh, like you guys are, you know, like I said before, I don't have a YouTube channel. Uh, I do have the, the concrete podcast, but yeah, it's through work. Uh, and the only time we talk about hunting on there is when I slip something in about some kind of turkey hunting adventure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, like Walt said, I'm a 100%, you know, consumer, you know, when it comes to hunting social media um, and Walt asks, you know, what is an influencer? You know, it's, it's really tough for me to really define one because, you know, Walt, when Walt first called me about this topic, uh, he kind of asked me that same question or he, I think Walt asked me what I rated uh, hunting influencers on social media. And I explained to him, I said, well, you know, on the lower end of the spectrum or what I deem the lower end of the spectrum, are, you know, the, the people or the girls you see on these pages that don't do anything but pose with dead animals and they push products. Uh, that's kind of the lower end spectrum for me. And then the higher end would be those genuine guys. And I would put, uh, you know, Parker, you and Walter, and I'm sure Byron uh, as well. If you're hanging around this crowd, you got to be a pretty good dude. Um, I put you guys at the higher end of the spectrum. You know, you're showing real hunting your regular guys, you know, we each have our different work situations. We have another life. Um, but, and then kind of in that middle, I guess, is just regular people, you know, that are just sharing their little hunting adventures that Instagram for hunting, you know, we just have an Instagram to share whatever, you know, I'll put stuff about my daughter on there and my wife does blah, blah, blah. So I guess to define a hunting, a hunting influencer would be someone that's on social media for the purpose of promoting either the hunting lifestyle or 
their certain hunting lifestyle or some kind of hunting or outdoor focused uh, media there. I like that last word, the focus. Um, you know, I've, I've helped run oh, hunting staff programs for, for a company in the space. And it's, if you, if, if we scroll through either Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, if, if the videos, the photos, the audio, the podcast, if it's driven towards that specific, let's call it outdoor space only, I kind of start lumping that into to an influencer type feel, whether or not these people work with companies uh, that that I think is is you can be an influencer with or without companies. And you probably have some sort of following of, of some size or are seeking that size uh, as far as a, a, an audience to to share your content that's very focused again that word focused i think is is key in this in this conversation i think everybody kind of these days uh everybody it seems like is trying to build a personal brand it's not like just mm -hmm. not just a regular human like like just normal people um the, in fact joey's one of those normal people right because he's the end consumer i think <laughs> Yeah, but I'm saying I'm saying even still, like Joey shares his stuff on on Instagram, like he's still there's still a, an influential Fair. level that he carries. Now, Joey's not trying to to necessarily do that, I don't think, um, or to get likes and get follows and all that stuff. He's just sharing regular stuff. But I mean, I, there's so many people that I could think of who have maybe a hundred followers on Instagram, but they're like posting as if they're there's a million people watching them. You know what I'm saying? And every photo um, is outdoor driven content versus yeah. uh, yes. uh, a beer with their, their best buds watching a basketball game. And you, know, you can, and you mm -hmm. could, you could say that they're not influencers cause they don't have a ton of influence, but they're still, they're still like putting out influential type content. And even if it's only a hundred people that are following them, that's a yeah. hundred people, you know, there's, there's men making a full time living, preaching a sermon every Sunday to less than 30 people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and you would consider him to be a communicator and an influencer, even if, even though it's 30 people, uh, that's just kind of what I think. I think it's especially like the subject at hand, like what we're talking about within the space and, and the effects of it, every single one of those levels can affect it. And that's what we've seen, yeah. you know? Well, do you got any two cents? Are we missing something? Cause you, you're, you're pretty dialed guy. No, no. And, and so the purpose of this is as we move through this, just to, for the consumer to know, I want to kind of narrate this and I'll kind of chime in as we go afterwards, but I don't want to say something and influence what the guests have to say. So Byron, I appreciate that throw in. I, I think I fall along the lines of there being a threshold of influence for me before I consider you an influencer. I mean, let's face it. You, you, a guy who swerves into your lane influences your life, right? It's, it's a, it's a minor uh, situation, but once you start having some degree of following or reach, and I don't know what that is, um, but you know it when you see it and you can tell that people are, are changing the way they behave because of the interaction with that individual. I consider them an influencer. I mean, you go from, you know, meat eater all the way down to the guy with a thousand subs, you know, I have, I have 
built a brand with only a thousand subs, right? I mean, Parker, you did the same thing. Whitetail Experience did the same thing. You don't have to have this huge reach. And in fact, your followers really isn't a, a good telltale sign of your reach because you can have content that is engaging and reaches thousands, but doesn't necessarily convert to followers because they consumed the piece that you put out there and then moved on. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're all kind of spot on. And I think that each of these levels of influence has potential pitfalls that if you're not careful uh, can really damage, but also vice versa. I think whatever makes it a potential pitfall also makes it something that can leverage for the, for the positive. Um, I think I'm right there in, in alignment with you guys. I think if we're tying the definition of what a hunting influencer is or an outdoor influencer into the positive net effect, um, let's start with a, a broad discussion. Do you feel like social media, which is the tie into this and media content creators are in the industry. So let's say they're in, they have a vested interest in b- being a part of the industry. Are, do you think that they're having a, a net positive or a net negative on hunting and fishing? Who is that for? It, open, Everyone open discussion. Yep. That's, but, that's for anybody. I think, I think again, I hate to do this, but I think Joey's the one who has to answer that first because Joey's the only one that's not looking at at it through the filter of an influencer. You just like hearing that Tennessee draws what it is. I just I just got a man crush on Joey. That's all there is to it. Every time he talks, I think, God, why do I sound like a nasally redneck? And Joey sounds so smooth and, and gentleman like it's ridiculous. But it's, seriously, he's the one who's not Georgia. <laughs> he he's not looking at this through any type of like yeah bias, I wouldn't think. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, I think uh, I say this all the time about social media and with coworkers, I, there's always that one uh, or a couple of people that, you know, that love to tell everybody they don't have Facebook or I don't have social media. I don't have this, blah, blah, blah. They love to tell you that. But my response to them, you know, maybe they had it and they gave it up or whatever. But I tell everybody that social media is what you make of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to follow anybody. And if you're following a bunch of stuff that you don't agree with and you're belly aching about it, that's kind of sounds like it's a personal problem. You know, when you have a television in your house, you don't watch one channel uh, because you have to. You, I grew up poor as everybody else, you know, around here. And we had four channels. We still had options. Mm-hmm. And so nobody is making you follow uh, any of these things. So I say that, you know, Personally, you know, from my viewpoint, uh, I only follow what I like. You know, I follow turkey hunting, you know, a little bit of deer hunting and out west and uh, funny hunting stuff or just whatever stuff that interests me. So my perspective is that, you know, I think it's more positive than negative. Um, and when, you know, when Walt and I discussed this earlier, you know, to kind of rate, you know, one to ten on how bad or good hunting influencers are on social media, I put it at a six, you know, kind of like the optimistic uh, middle ground, because I think as a whole, yeah, that's probably right. But for me personally, I would put it probably at more like a, a seven or an eight, just because that I follow what I think are positive influences on the industry. And I don't follow people that, you know, the only negative things I see are from what those positive uh, influencers in my mind share they share it as a here's what 
hunting isn't, you know, it's, uh, you know, you could go through a, a whole arms, arm long list of examples, you know, from turkey hunting, you know, with, you know, crippled birds and bad shots and, you know, flopping deer and, you know, just what, it, you know, you name it. And uh, so when I see that on social media, it's through a positive influencer saying, hey, this is not what this isn't hunting uh, or this is maybe the bad side of hunting. Yeah, can I? Uh, so I think from a discerning mind, what I hear from you is you are very discerning about what you allow into your space. Do you feel that most people are so discerning or do you think that from a consumptive mindset, they're more willing to uh, find entertainment and they want all the channels? And do you think that changes things? Well, if you talk to the average person, you know, just about everybody that you talk to uh, has some kind of complaint about social media. And again, I think that's just a, a result of them, you know, following everything. So maybe they do follow that broad spectrum mm -hmm. and they get all sides of it. Uh, and I know that all sides are out there, but I don't, I don't care to give, you know, any uh, validation to anybody on that, you know, that lower end of the spectrum, I guess. I got you. That makes sense. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to download the new Bumble now. Yeah, I, th I think um, I, th I think what Joey's saying is is spot on as far as you can be influenced by whatever you allow to influence you. Right. Like, uh, no, we don't need to mention names. Right. I mean, I probably, how bold do you want to be? Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's I, tied I don't care. To you. Yeah. Okay. So talking about the Bomars, right? Yeah. Fair game. Uh, yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty fair game. Uh, <laughs> thinking about the Bomars. If you think about like the, the cringiest type, yeah. Uh, influencers in, in the space. And I can't stand them. And I still see the stuff on there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, flip, man. You know, like, I don't have to watch it. I don't have to look at any of their stuff. You know, you can just unfollow mm -hmm. them if you want to. Um, because, I, you know, while I think that, yeah, like, I'm not a big fan of what they do. I, I'm sure they're not. I'm sure they're good people. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they're they're nice. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if we saw each other it bumped into each other at a supermarket, uh, we would be cordial and mm -hmm. nice to each other. He'd you help know? you change a flat tire. Yeah, exactly. These are still, these are still all good people. And there's, I don't think there's like at the heart of it. I don't think it's like malicious, mm -hmm. but it's opportunistic. Is that the right word? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It, they're, they're chasing, they're, yeah. they're chasing the opportunity that they have because seriously, as cringy as I might think they are, there's a million more people who love them. Yeah, I mean, they got like a hundred thousand followers, and uh, yeah, maybe more than they got to have more than that. And well, every time, pro yeah, probably their smallest business. Yeah, every time you they post a picture that's looked cringy or whatever, there's a thousand people on there commenting like, "Way to go, guys! Y'all are the best, best hunting content I've ever seen." You know, there's people out there that three hundred twelve thousand followers on Instagram. I mean, mm -hmm. and so 
I, I, I think it's it's really, really, really easy for us to put peop, people, influencers that we think are maybe negative influencers in the space to put them in this category of like, those are bad people. Sure. And I, and, and, and I don't think that I definitely don't think that um, I don't care for a lot of them. I mean, everybody always talks about, you know, that crap on TV just ain't the same as YouTube. They're all driven by sponsored dollars and blah, 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 blah. And it's just not the same. They don't show real life hunting scenarios. Um, so it, it's not a secret that that stuff is kind of making people upset or whatever mm -hmm. that that type of hunting is still going on but the other end of it is i've met a lot of these people and they're good people you know mm -hmm. like they, yeah. they just they were just being a part of the culture that they were you know kind of sucked into that that's they were doing their best to survive in that culture you look at uh country musicians or rap musicians there's certain <sighs> lifestyles and certain things celebrities my gosh look at celebrities lives if you were to just judge mm -hmm. them off the mm -hmm. the content of their lives and the things that happen on their lives they're terrible people yeah. you know yeah. what i mean yeah um but we just they're but they're in they're in that space they there's like a level of they've got to do that if they want to be in that space yeah um and we still watch their movies and we still listen to their music and they're still influential in all of our in all of our likes dislikes all that stuff so byron you you're the only person left what give me give me some of your feedback based on what's been said yeah so like hunting influencers one Walt, you and i text more than guys i live with lived with in college <laughs> i have like three or four of these like friends that i met through their social media page and text those guys or you know call them on a more regular basis than guys I used to live with. So I, I paint it in a very positive light. And, you know, I even did a film on this that rewind 10 years ago, kind of before let's call it social media, the outlet was outdoor writing and the outlet was TV shows like web shows weren't a thing. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who heavily consumed that and thought I could watch the Drury's sit over food plots and shoot giants and I could do the same thing with the ground I had access to, no way was that going to work. And I look at now I can go consume content. One that I want to see, like I'm, I'm I, I've watched Parker's channel. I've even watched your channel more than I've watched Lee Likoski and, and Tiffany mm -hmm. in the last three or four years, you know, and rewind 10 years ago. I thought that that would, that'd be a crazy thought at that time, but that the content one, what you want to consume is out there, you know, cause there's enough, these small niches, I mean, we got boat bucks and we got hard-earned bucks, you know, and then yeah. we got Florida bucks literally on this call that if you wanted to seek out stuff that it was most relatable to your current situation, you can find it. And, and that's kind of my brand is targeting myself at age 18, 19, tore up with deer hunting, but had no idea how to maybe take it to the next level. You know, I think my initial question to Joey, I did a poor job of making the connections. Joey is discerning because he knows and he's aware 
of these negative inputs why do and i'm just going to pick on the bomars because we've already you know thrown them under the bus why do they have three hundred and twelve thousand followers given that we know they have done some very cringeworthy stuff and i think it's because we have an entire group of people that are entering this space the space being both the hunting community and social media and media outlets and they're seeing stuff that seems engaging or they're seeing stuff that uh, they don't like, and then they engage with, but the, the way the algorithms work, good engagement, bad engagement, they don't care about the feedback mechanism. They care about how much how much conversation is happening. And so the Bomars smear blood all over a spear, bathe in its, in its guts, and take a photo with it, and 4 million people comment on that thing, blow it all to high hell, and now they surge through everything, and they get optimized. And in, in a certain way, I'm, I'm almost saying, listen, it's the consumer fault because if you'd quit engaging with these people it does something but you feel compelled to do so and i guess my concern when i look at this is we have a bunch of people that are able to be discerning but unless you reach them in a way that they understand what is considered good proper i hate that i don't like that i'm gonna try and say that again to, to what is proper um, a proper reflection of hunting and fishing versus what is theatrics and un, un, unreal and, and unattainable, they're always going to continue to grow because that's what people are going to see by default. It is very hard for me and Parker and Byron to get exposure because we don't get the, the engagement that these exciting or controversial things do. And I think this is kind of a feedback mechanism that is being created within the industry. Why did he feel compelled to do what he did? Because it was engaging, because it was going to cause a stir. And so if he doesn't do that game, does he show up the way that it's supposed to? And it penalizes people who, for lack of better words, do it the right way. Yeah. I think, uh, I think one thing to take into account is that, just everyone's different, you know, there's just different tastes sure. and there are people out there that absolutely love what uh, the, the Bomars do. They love everything about them. They can do no wrong. And they've, uh, they've just built their brand on top of, you know, on top of that. And you, you kind of wonder, you know, who, who would, you know, enjoy something like that, but you go into like comment threads on Facebook and think about the majority of people in those comment threads versus maybe, you know, people, I'll just say people like us, you know, uh, everyday Joes and uh, that uh, public land. And we, and here, except for here in the last several years, you know, everybody was kind of in that majority that you see in the comment thread. And it's only been here in the last maybe decade where there's been sort of a shift from, you know, those people that, I don't mind seeing the blood and guts on TV and, you know, those, mm -hmm. the red blooded flag waving uh, crowd um, that you see in those comment threads. And now there's more of a mixture uh, there, but I guess what I'm getting at is, is I think as much as we like to think that we're doing the right thing. And I think we are, I think we are portraying, portraying hunting in a positive way. Uh, there's a large group of people out there who honestly probably don't care how hunting is portrayed because they think uh, about themselves mostly. Like for instance, you know, you hear all the time, uh, let me see if I can think of a good example, but 
there's guys out there, you know, they take pictures of, you know, dead deer with the tongue hanging out on the back of the tailgate, cigarette hanging out of their mouth. And in our eyes, that's not really a positive reflection on hunting, but in, but I will, I would venture to say that with the majority of hunters out there, they probably don't care mm-hmm. uh, that that picture has taken place. And I think that's just what, uh, what we're seeing here. We're seeing just a lot of people that are following content that, aren't really concerned about how hunting is portrayed on social media versus, you know, what you guys are doing and uh, a a bunch of other guys that are out there. They're doing their very best uh, to educate the the general non-hunting voting public on what hunting really is and means to all of us. You know, there's, there is a, a whole, whole lot of truth to that to me Mm -hmm. Um, because I think about, like kind of in what you're saying, Joey, that we all have our progression of how we got here. Um, because honestly, there was a time when I freaking love watching the crush with Lee and Tiffany. Yeah. And I would have loved watching the Bomar shoot Tiffany. Yeah, not shoot Tiffany. <laughs> no, uh, I would love watching the Bomar shoot hippos, you know? Yeah. World yeah. record hippos. Yeah. I don't thought that. Dude, I thought Spirit of the Wild was the best show on the planet. Me too. Yeah. You know, and they're just like Tim Wells. Okay. You want to talk about about a guy who just likes to kill things? Freaking Tim Wells. Yeah. Like, I love Tim Wells. And I still, again, I like all these people. It's not that I think they're bad people. It's just not my favorite type of content. And it's, and maybe in some ways I don't agree with it. But there was a time when I did we all progress in different ways. And I think what you're saying, Joey, um, I, I would say that the group of people who are looking at it and are like, nah, I don't know, which, which we would fall in that category. We're in a, in a, a, a more uh, educated, not, not, not educated as far as like smart, but mm-hmm. more educating, educated in the world of hunting, more seasoned. We're more seasoned hunters. We've reached Aware. this, mm-hmm. this progression in our, uh, in our hunting lives that finds us in, in a, a, whether we want to say it or not, a top tier of hunters, mm-hmm. we live and breathe hunting. That's what we do. It's who we are. We think about it 24 seven. We understand deer. We understand turkeys. We're in a top tier and most people aren't like, have you ever found yourself at, at a, at a birthday party? And you know, there's people up there with, you know, a bone collector shirt on and you start trying to talk about hunting with them and you can't, can't. yeah, they they don't know. They don't understand it the way that you do. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. and that's most of the people, like usually we're the ones who are the outliers. They're all talking about hanging their big buddy, double ladder stand five yards from the corn feeder. That's, that's the type of stuff they're talking about. Not that there's anything wrong with it. And there's nothing wrong with it. I was that guy once, you know, but but you just elevate and you, and you, especially people who enjoy challenges and enjoy uh, challenging themselves. Like we, that's what we do. That's why we got to that level. And so I think that there's, there's definitely uh, something to be said for that, Joey, like what you said, like, they're influencing that group of people. And because of that, that group of people, hopefully at some point will progress and yeah. get to a different well, level. 
Parker, let me let me just chime in real quick, and then Joey, you you, you can follow up. I know you got something to say, but I just want to. I think I might have a different way of saying this that you may or may not agree with. I feel like there are two different groups of people. There are people who this is a passion and a pursuit of theirs, and then there are people where hunting and fishing is something that they just simply do, and the yeah. end result maybe doesn't matter quite as much. And I don't think it's seasoned or anything like that. But when I look at this this group of four people in our own unique ways, there's a Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan mindset. I want to be the absolute best turkey hunter. I I, I possibly can be Joey. The same thing you par, Parker, you pride yourself on being efficient and going out there and being able to predict what any species it is that you're going out there, what they're doing and interacting with them. Byron lives and breathes getting on mature trophy whitetails on public land. And those are niched, passionate pursuits. And that passion and that pursuit shapes the way that we view it. And we want to see and encourage people who have that, 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 small little spark and flame of that similar passion to take the same steps we have, not because they're right, but because we're on a path that has led to a lot of fulfillment in the pursuit of those passions. Yeah. And you've got yeah, uh, Parker to, Oh, sorry. Uh, just real quick, but to follow up where you were saying, Parker, I was going to say, you know, maybe, maybe we're not really on like another level or more educated I forget exactly how you put it, but I would say that we are more open-minded now than we mm -hmm. used to be and that we know the results of all of these, uh, these, this bad perception of hunting that we can see, uh, you know, we'll keep using the Bomards, I guess, cause they're, <laughs> they're easy targets. But, uh, you know, when, <laughs> when, when dude speared that bear, I heard about that. I, I remember I was living in Baltimore at the time, downtown Baltimore, watching the news, and I heard about that. I had never heard of Josh Bomar before that very moment, but because it was on Baltimore, you know, Metropolitan News at six o'clock or seven o'clock, whatever, oh. uh, that entire area then had a negative perception of hunting. And I think that, you know, all the guys on this podcast and a lot of the guys that we know, you know, personally, we know the results of that bad perception. And it leads to these, all these anti-trapping and anti-predator hunting bills that we've seen this year, just this year. And we know what led to that. We know that because a large group of people saw something they didn't like on social media and it involved hunting and probably a dead or dying animal that they're now going to the vote. They're going to the, to their representatives or going to their congressmen and they're pushing for these anti-hunting bills because of it, because of a bad hunting social media post. And at the same time, Joey, you've got somebody like meat eater, Steven Ranella. I cannot tell you how many people who are not hunters that I know because yeah. he got that onto Netflix in front of the masses. Yep. Anytime somebody learns mm -hmm. that I'm a hunter, they're like, Oh, we love watching meat eater. And they're, they have, mm -hmm. that's their only, that's their only, uh, exposure to hunting and, and it's a good one. It really is like you're finding they're valuing the process. They're valuable. Yeah. Um, they're valuing the meat and, and, and they're showing people that it's not just Bubba and Cletus going out in their four by four shooting deer at night with a spotlight yeah. because that's what a lot of people that's kind of their perception their perception is what looney tunes told them elmer fudd was 
their perception is what Disney told them killed Bambi's mother. Like yep. that, that's the only exposure that, that a lot of people get to hunting. Um, and, and it's just, it's just not that way. And so you see this educated dude using big words and, you know, being cool. And he's got a bunch of young guys there with him hunting that don't look like or new hunters. Yeah. Or new, exactly. Yeah. Or new hunters. And, and all of a sudden hunting in the lifestyle is painted in a really, a really good light, but you also have people who do not believe that is a good thing that they have yeah. exposed hunting so much as a good thing that the resource can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Ronella did a full episode about that with his brother and that was a good one too. And it was a, it, and it was a great episode and it offered yes. a new perspective because everybody always, we've always said Bill Jordan or depending on where you're at in the country, Bill Jordan has said uh, at the end of his show, Take a kid hunting or fishing. You know, I think Jackie Bushman said something exactly like that. Take a kid hunting hunting or fishing. Uh, we're always talking about we need to recruit recruit new hunters. And that's always been such a positive thing. I never remember a time in my life yep. when that was not a positive thing until recently when all of a sudden social media is everybody's like, oh, well, hunting's kind of cool, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Byron, yeah. you've been awful quiet. What do you, what do you, what's your input? Well, uh, kind of tagging on to that, the, that final point there. And you talk about the resource, uh, our best Ohio spots busted. Um, I was recently asked by Chad if, if, uh, he thought that was our doing. And I think it's the THP boom, but, uh, it's, it's higher competition than, than I've been. Let's see here. I'm 30, almost 34. And I've been, you know, hunting public land since I was like 18, 19. It's harder than it was five, mm-hmm. six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we run into to a little bit higher caliber people these days. Uh, Dave was in a, in a parking lot. And I, I don't want to give any more details around the parking lot. But somebody goes, hey, you know where to find any more of them hard-earned bucks? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh. so... Uh, Yeah, but our best spot 10 years ago that used to produce a very, very good caliber, high numbers. I think think some of the THP watchers are now venturing on there, and there's just way more people. And and, then I don't know... I don't know how much time Dave's going to be spending there next next year. But you don't think that's your fault. You really don't. Like, you don't think that you you contribute to that. Oh, my... uh, um, no, so it's it's full disclosure. Like, I mean, we did a uh, out of state series a little bit ago on YouTube, and let's call it it got like a thousand views that season. Uh, one of those videos is doing a little better, but you know, let's say seven hundred people watched that, dude. There was like three or four DMs, like people knowing the tree behind us and Video X, and it's just like, ooh, you know, six seven hundred views on YouTube is not a lot. Yeah, but, but Byron, you you touch on something that's really. Parker and I have talked a lot about this to the point of, I think he and I are in lockstep. He took to to his credit. He took the first step in this. And I think I'm doing the same thing. Like I'm being very careful with what I title things now. And the idea of public land, anything next gone, because I've got a small influence, smaller than both of you together. My channel is smaller than both of y'all's. We, we made a Joey, I think threw me into the bus or Parker, one of those two. But the fact of the matter is, 
simply it is a smaller channel. And I have people shooting me messages like, hey, have you seen anything over at such and such? I saw you were hunting over there the other day in your last video. And it's like, how? How did you know that from this video? And it's like, oh, that crooked tree with the tree stand in it. I see it every time I walk my dog. I'm like, bro, like I, I was so conscious to make sure that that stuff isn't in this in these videos. But people watch them like a hawk. And when you have success or encounters on public land, which is a resource that is is not – in most states getting any bigger, we're increasing that exposure, whether it's THP, whether it's Parker McDonald or it's Byron, Byron Horton or Walter Lee, we're increasing that exposure. And I think that's, you guys talked about the resource. I think that's an entirely, a very important component to this. Can the re handle YouTube? I, I had a, a situation four years ago, I guess, um, where I mean, I've had multiple situations. Walter, whenever I shot that deer, shot at that deer in Florida this year, mm -hmm. the guy who was sitting next to me, apparently, uh, he came up and talked to me and he looked at my ears to see if my ears were gauging. He's like, man, I watch you on YouTube. Um, like th and that was in Florida where this guy who knows and I don't have a huge channel. Really, it's not. When you look at YouTube in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big. I promise you, every time I've been to Kentucky, Somebody messaged me, hey, man, saw your truck, saw where you're hunting, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I had a situation four years ago, like it was the very beginning of my channel, and I'm turkey hunting, and I'm set up, and I hear a hen coming up the ridge towards me, so I set up and start calling. Well, then I see this joker walk up in camo, all like head to toe and first light camo, and I was like, Hey, bud. And I waved him on and he was like, my gosh, I thought you were a real turkey. I said, I thought you were a real turkey. Took off my face mask and he goes, hey, Parker, I didn't know you hunted over here. You know, like I thought you were hunting somewhere else. I've watched all your videos. He's, his name's Dave. He's a good dude. Good friend of Owens. mine now. Um, no, no, yeah, Dave, <laughs> Dave Owens. You may have heard of him. No, um, no but but I mean, well, young that was a small channel then. And you're talking about. But it, it's 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 not a great big group of people, you know, that that we're reaching when you look at the mass of the hunting industry. You know, we're reaching a small niche of people. Yeah, the the hunting community, it, it's uh, it's become a small world via social media because, you know, we're able to communicate to, you know, anybody on social media. If they're willing to talk to you, it doesn't matter if it's Steven Rinella if it's you guys, if it's who, whoever, if they're willing to talk, you know, to converse with you, you can connect with them. And hunters are a small percent of the population, you know, anyway, there's not that many of us in relation to the rest of the, everybody else. And when you narrow that down to just the Southeast, you know, you, that number becomes even smaller. So you may not think that your channel is that big and, you know, compared to, you know, whoever else, but as far as, you know, channels and, your reach of folks in the Southeast, you know, you're, I think you're reaching more people than you guys think, or maybe you just don't take into account of how small our world is now. Uh, I have a hard time not taking responsibility for it. Me like too. I have a hard time taking responsibility for it because I don't want to, because my intention is not to blow up spots or, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin a spot in Kentucky for a local there. Like I'm not doing that on purpose. Um, but, 
but there's some things like you just can't if you post a video if somebody knows the area like in my situation uh, yes. i do a lot of a lot of water access um if somebody fishes on that lake they're gonna know that lake there's certain things about every lake the dirt well what what the if it's bluffed out um they're gonna notice the color of the water people are going to know and so you're not doing it on purpose but it will inevitably somebody will know because there's somebody who hunts around you uh who hunts around that area and they're going to be like i don't know where that's at and he tell me he shot a big buck right there huh okay they may not go right in there but they're going to tell a buddy hey i know exactly where parker was hunting and that buddy's going to tell a buddy hey you know that guy parker that you watched on youtube yeah he's hunting right here i bet you didn't know that and before long dude you spots gone well is this being recorded is it okay i won't clip but uh i captured an epic 150 class buck running a road in november chasing a doe behind houses in a barn it'll never see youtube yeah because somebody will recognize the house yep somebody will recognize the barn yep there may be some editing tricks that I have used for road footage now that the wizardry skills you can never recreate. But I have a, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very much aware of, of people watching that stuff. And it's crazy how, how they can pick something out. Here's here. Sorry, Joe. I yeah. know you want I know you wanted to say something, but I do want to interrupt because it's, it's right in along with that. A lot of times what I have found is the people who hunt that way who are finding spots via youtube they're not good hunters and so while it it may suck and you have to deal with more pressure and you have to hunt something a little bit differently the deer is still going to be there they're going to be somewhere uh you just kind of have to challenge yourself like i have never found where people have oh that's a large deer uh i have never found where people have like quote unquote poached your spots on public Mm -hmm. land where they went in and were successful because they're still not, they're not at that level yet. They're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to find an easy solution. Otherwise they'd be out finding their own spots because they would know how that feels and the, and the the gratifying feeling that you get with that. Sorry, Joey, go ahead. No, it's totally fine. But uh, Parker, you and I talked on, on when I did that podcast with you, that's just a byproduct of, uh, of, uh, the times. I mean, I, I will agree that, yeah, because of, you know, YouTube and all the, all the information that we have via social media and everything else. Yes. Because of that hunting pressure has increased. I don't think there's any doubt about it, but it is a byproduct. And I don't think you can really, yeah, you can take public land out of your titles and, and, uh, and everything else, but I don't think there's a way you stop it. And I applaud you for, you know, trying to do something about it. Uh, even though, like I said, it's, you know, you're not meaning to do that, but again, like we talked about before on the positive side of things, we're getting more people interested in hunting where maybe there's the off chance if we get more people into hunting, then maybe there's the off chance that they, they also put a positive spin on things and they educate, you know, their Mm -hmm. friends and family on the good side of hunting and, we have more people that are concerned about the resource 
Uh, so, you know, to kind of flip it, you know, from the negative, oh yeah, there's hunting pressure everywhere. Can't get to my spot no more to maybe I got to find a new spot now and just put my boots on new ground. Uh, because, you know, somebody beat me to my spot, you know, that's, uh, that's public hunting etiquette 101, is it not? If, uh, if I'm rolling up to a, a trailhead at three 30 in the morning and there's a truck there, even though I got there at three 30, that guy may have got there at three 29 and that's his spot now. Yep. So Joey, you, uh, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm done. I'm going. You, you go touch ahead. on the, the final component to this that I was hoping we'd have time. And I've got exactly 29 minutes before my wife is going to come blowing through that door and tell me that it's my turn to rock that child. So here's the one. Exception. Sounds like you need to get control of your household. Walt. I, I do. I do. I'll send this book <laughs> to her uh, and Hallie. Um, hey, you tell that baby. Yeah. You tell that baby. Listen, dude, he's about to get some bourbon to the gums or something to just to, to make it through these podcasts. Um, he has been, I'm shocked. You haven't said anything. Cause he's, he's been raising unholy hell on the other side of this door. Um, you touch everybody's kind of touched on some different things that I think go into my biggest primary concern. And that is Parker, you talk about they're not good hunters, right? A lot of the guys who watch this stuff, they aren't good hunters. They haven't put in the hard work. They don't understand the context behind it. That's really, that's really sounds more insulting than. No, 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 I don't. But but let's, let's, let's (laughs) phrase it how it is. Let's say they don't have, they haven't yet. Maybe they haven't yet developed the skill set, right? Like, right. It takes skills to do what you do. Joey, it takes skills to do what you do. Byron, I've, I've known all of you. Uh, off and on over the years. I know these two gentlemen for the last five years, I've watched intimately their struggles, a lot of which does not make it to uh, public television, right? I mean, there's a struggle and there's a reason for that. The reason is very few people want to watch the process. They want to be entertained when they consume media. Entertaining looks like an end process. And this is one of the things on the podcast that I work so hard to, to embody. It's something on YouTube. I post videos all the time that don't get very good footage or not footage, but very good um, viewership because it's important that I'm putting out everything and showing people the process because what I want people to have is context. And my primary concern, I'm going to step into the role where I lead the conversation here and, and then you guys can respond. My primary concern is we are not properly onboarding the consumers of our content who see it, who get excited, and they go out there with with a reckless abandonment, which I wholeheartedly encourage, a hundred percent. But but I don't know that we can or that we are doing enough to show people the the process. No one saw Kobe Bryant at three a.m. working out and practicing before you know the next NBA Finals game. That didn't make headlines until after it was all said and done, and only your diehard NBA fans and sport fans know about that, right? And so I'm concerned that with all of this exposure, we aren't keeping the culture contained and 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 informed. And so you have turkey hunters that are going into areas and they don't understand the, the culture of giving people space because the primary way of turkey hunting is to interact and call with a bird. And you can't have multiple people working the same bird. You, you don't know that uh, if you walk into the woods at seven o'clock at gray light into a crowded area that maybe you're busting the deer that the guy's been trying to hunt with the bed. And frankly, you may not understand the hunter ed- etiquette. And my concern is and i don't know that there's a solution to this is are we and can we properly onboard these individuals in a way that if we're going to influence them to go harder that we influence them to go the right way about it 
that's that's tough. I'll go. the The way those people act is not your fault. You know, you, like I said before, you guys are doing your best at showing the right way to hunt public land, and you you talk about that public hunting etiquette, and you. I mean, you do. I think you're all doing the right thing. What people do with that information isn't your fault. There's not really anything that you can do about it. You're doing the best you can. It's up to that individual. You know, if they're if they're taking in like your guys's content, if they're taking in uh, the hunting public, Dave Owens, whoever else that hunts public land, if they're taking in this content and they're not learning etiquette from it, that's their own fault. Because every public hunting video, uh, or at least a series of videos, there's there's an occasion where the content creator gets beat to a spot and they have to go to another one. Or they know they run up on somebody, you know, deep in the woods and they back out. They, you know, the majority of you guys are doing the right thing and you can't control what people do with that information. And Walt, like you said, there's no, I don't think there is a solution yeah, maybe there, well, maybe there is a solution. Maybe it's time for people to actually, you know, apply what they learned on the, on some of your guys' videos and try to become better hunters instead of just stomping in there for an Instagram like. So, well, uh, as far as like that barrier to entry and showing like the whole process and not making obviously the most attractive content one, like I think something like I, I personally have talked about on podcasts or whatever um, is number of miles walked, number of times scouted, number of cams. <clears throat> I've left those numeric data type details in a lot of my work because if somebody would have sat me down at 19 and said, look, if you want to shoot a nice buck for your area, here's what you got to do, bud. Every weekend from January to February to March, I need you to walk four to six miles a day. Maybe on a good day, you get up to 10, 12. You know, I need you to get a side hustle to pay for the gas so you can travel to some of these little bit better spots. But like, I definitely leave some of these detailed. Um, and I do have a podcast series out there, like breaking down a new piece of public land and, and start to finish. Um, but even like on the private land side, like I will grab, say, Justin Hollinsworth, who hunts a lot of like very small acreage, which is a, a tiptoe ish, way different process. And he is definitely a guy that is dialed on on small acreage, uh, habitat work, small food plots, stuff like that. And I'll pull a couple questions out of him that the 22 year old who just got access to grandma's 10 acres behind her house. Now he can maximize that 10 acres. And, and that's, that information is way better now than it was 10 years ago. Agreed. And, and, and everybody on this call is, has done a better job of painting that picture. Um, and I, dude, I like to film the, the, the bad stuff. If I can get to a camera when it happens, uh, clearly sometimes the bad stuff doesn't make the videos, but, uh, I have talked about in the podcast when I went for the hunt this year that, that I killed my buck on, like, Dude, I threw my stick number three out the tree because I was like, oh, I don't need it. And it hit a rock at the base of the tree. That, that was very real world, like not smooth, <laughs> about as smooth as sandpaper as you get. Um, so so I think some of the, the processy 
stuff is way better than what it used to be. Sure. Um, now, true, a scroll through social media, yeah. especially like Instagram, that's just the highlights. Yeah. I think there's, mm. there is there uh, is a level of what you're talking about, Byron. Um, like the, okay, so for example, I'll just say it. I haven't said it on my podcast yet, but um, this morning I shot a Jake, right? <laughs> Uh, didn't want to shoot a Jake. Wasn't trying to shoot a Jake. Honestly, thought it was a long beard. Team Jake uh, Slayer in the house. Yeah, got <laughs> Jake break. <laughs> got in the got in the uh, working with a bird all morning long. That was goblin, and got up to leave, and I hear burp, 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 and I had a meeting. That's why I left in the middle of war, and uh, got up hear bird putting. See a redhead, shot him. It was a Jake that had just kind of wandered into the into the chess match. And so I'm finding myself in a situation where I'm like, okay, do I even want to post a picture of it? I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't want to shoot a Jake. I wasn't like, uh, it's, it's hard to say it was more fun than missing. Right. Like I'm pretty unapologetic about shooting a bird that is a male Turkey. If I don't know what it is, I'm going to ground check it. It's legal in Alabama. I'm going to ground check it. Cause the last thing I want to do is miss an opportunity. And so that's just, that's just how I'm going to be. Well, it ends up being a Jake. I'm sitting there like, how can I take a picture where it doesn't look like a Jake? Uh, <laughs> you know, like, and I find myself in these situations fried is what is, is the solution there. It's just a fried turkey breast is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, there's, I, I plucked its beard off while I was cleaning him a while ago, left it in the bed of my truck. Cause I completely forgot about it. I promise you, I would never in my life do that with a long beard. Like right. I would take that, take the spurs and they would immediately go into borax, right? Like that's just how it is. I left it on the tailgate of my truck. Cause I just didn't, it, I didn't value it the same way. Now that, that is a character flaw, right? I'm, I'm giving you a character flaw. I don't know a single content creator. Uh, Dave Owens would be at the highest end of, of Turkey hunters. I would say, as far as what we're talking about influencers, He's, at the, he's one of the higher influencers. The guys at Mossy Oak, Cuz Strickland. I could send a picture of that Jake to anybody and they'd be like, oh, man, you know, that's all right. You know, it's not a big deal. Like, it happens. You hunt turkeys long enough, it's going to happen. You're going to shoot a Jake on accident. Every single one of those guys, every mm -hmm. influencer I know is going to be like, hey, don't worry about it. It's not that It's not that big of a deal. I almost think it's cooler you shot a Jake. Yeah, some people, some people are super punk rock and they're like, shoot all the Jakes. Yeah, you know, Just rebel. Uh, and but but all these people that we're talking about that we're we're putting them on uh, the scale, we're weighing them and measuring them as cringy and the bad influences are influencers. Good. Most of these people, you can send it to the highest level of turkey hunters. They'd be fine. The people that are going to be the worst to you are going to be the dude that nobody knows their name Joey. who doesn't <laughs> no, <laughs> who doesn't, who doesn't write anything positive on social right. media. Right. Um, and, and this is where it goes back into what, what we were talking about earlier is social media or are influencers ruining public land. Mm. Absolutely freaking not. I know zero influencers that are going to go on public land. I know zero and I watch them. I mean, I watch YouTube. I'm a consumer as well. And I know nobody who intentionally puts anything, uh, a spot on social media. If they do, uh, I would immediately 
say that was wrong. Like, I have no problem saying they shouldn't have said that. I can think of one situation in Tennessee. An influencer came to Tennessee and it was way too obvious where they were at. And I can think and, of a handful of occasions that are. I, yeah, kind of I know. I know a rookie that burned a buddy of mine. Yep. They will not be hunting together. Actually, uh, well, you know, the buddy that got burned. Yep. They're, they're out there. There's people out there. I don't think it's they're, willful, though. No, no. And it, it's they're not doing it on purpose. They, right. they may be a rookie and they just don't know. Yep. I've put boat ramps in my videos before and people have figured out where I was hunting from the boat ramp. I did not do that on purpose. Like it's a freaking boat ramp. I, I, I never thought when I started that that would be the thing that somebody would look at and be like, I'm going to hunt there. It wasn't on purpose. I'm better at it now. I don't do that nearly as much now. But what I was saying is I, I don't think anybody is really doing that on purpose. It's the average guy who writes on on YouTube or on a Facebook comment. I know exactly where you were hunting. That was so-and-so WMA on so-and-so lake. Yep. And then everybody sees it. You go to Tennessee Turkey Hunters. Is the, We talked about this one specifically on on my podcast it's the worst freaking page i've ever seen in my life because these guys say hey i'm coming up to tennessee um looking for a public land to hunt can somebody uh, point me in the right direction of a place that has birds and inevitably every time i see people say places that are actually have birds that are that are going to get blown up and there's 17,000 people that are looking at that page that are members of that page. Let's say 10,000 people see that. Uh, let's say 0.01% of people go. Couple that's hundred. a low percentage, but that's a lot. <laughs> if you're a duck hunter, you know, to keep your daggum mouth shut. Cause if one finds out three knows that's, I grew up with that being instilled in my head because no one can keep their freaking mouth shut. I've got, I've got dudes who I have kept tabs on for like three years now that, I would take to dinner that I would invite over to my house to, to hang out and watch football. Heck, I, I might even pay him to come, come let the dogs out of while we're on vacation, trust them in my house with my big screen TV. I won't take them to my best spots. Mm-hmm. It just will not happen. And it's just, it's a fundamental, it's a fundamental guard that you create once you realize the cause and effect uh, situation We're we're sitting at 15 minutes and I want to end this, on a positive note. And I want everybody, maybe not so much a positive note, but I kind of want to end this in a way where everybody gives their kind of final conclusions on this um, regarding influencers, the hunting sphere, and what impact is it having? I'll lead with this and be honest. I feel like the hope of hunting actually rests in YouTube because YouTube, the style of consumption, Byron and I have talked ad nauseum about this. TV is a highly, highly produced situation. When people go to YouTube, they are willing and, 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 and eager to accept action cam footage for a good video. And so because of that, you have the ability to produce vlogs, to produce series that people will consume in quick succession. And I feel like it gives us a platform to, in a very entertaining way, tell that story. But ultimately, it's going to come down to us making sure that everything we do from social media to the media we produce on YouTube has the context behind it. What does Mediator do? They give you the context behind everything, and that's why people like it. If we can model that mindset, giving people the context and the way that we're producing uh, footage and the way that we're producing media, first off, we can change the narrative that a kill is the only thing that goes into it. And also, we can influence all those people and onboard them in a way that is sustainable long term. So on the scale of 1 to 10, 10 being as, as high as I am, 
one being super pessimistic, I'm going to say I'm somewhere in that six, six and a half range. Of what my viewpoint, my view, are they, are they 10 being, are they doing good things? One being, are they doing negative things? Are influencers having a good or a bad? I'm going to lean on the uh, optimism. What did Joe, how did Joey say it earlier? The, um, the hopeful optimism, optimistic, yeah, the real, yeah, average optimistic. I, don't, yeah. I forget what it is, too. Don't you said it beautifully. Uh, they, they heard it at the beginning. I kind of sit around that six, six and a half because of the small channels that have such a huge reach. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I'll go next. Go for it. Uh, if, if we're going that way. Yeah, uh, this way. <laughs> um, so I, I think um, I'm going to put influencers on a higher level than than a higher grade uh and I, I actually didn't go in this conversation thinking that i would me either uh but i'm gonna give influencers probably an eight based on intention um as you as we talked it out and as we really think about it uh i think influencer or people with any platform whether it be a podcast or a uh a youtube channel or or whatever an instagram page uh actually let's take instagram i don't even want to put instagram in that because that would make this the grade go down i think instagram if you just grade instagram alone the people who are quote unquote barrier barrier to entry so easy yeah barrier to entry is very very easy yeah you have a camera on your phone you take a picture and and you post it um and and uh, what's another, a, a good way to say it? Uh, a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, like female pages. Um, Parker hating on those females again, dude. No. If you got boobs, it's way easier. It I is. I thought about it growing is. them. I ain't gonna lie to you. I've I've started growing them, and I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how to get rid of them because it wasn't worth it. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I think that those those kind of uh, they just bring down the the, the whole entire grade. But I'm not even going to put them in the category because I don't feel like Instagram really influences public land, kind of like what we're talking about. It's more of a hunting culture type thing. And I would put that in a different category as far as YouTube and uh, and podcast within the public land scheme. I don't think anybody is being malicious. I don't know. I really don't know anybody that's has bad intentions, Um, but I will give the consumer a four. Because I think the consumer is the one or the ones it's, it's the average everyday people. And it may be some people who are influencers as well, uh, who have a YouTube channel or a podcast channel or whatever. Uh, they may be doing this on these social media outlets like uh, like Facebook groups. I, w- I would say Facebook groups is where I'm drawing a lot of this from because far and wide, it's the influencers that are posting on those things that are trying to discourage the the bad etiquette mm-hmm. of public land on those pages always it's always you know jonathan uh catman on tennessee turkey hunters who is giving sound advice or he's saying hey why don't you not talk about that here yeah like why don't why don't please can somebody not can you not do this and i think that's responsible and, and I think most, most people who I know, who I know in the space, they're responsible like that. Now, I, 
like I said, without a doubt, every single time somebody posts those, you're going to have an, a bunch of people on there giving out stuff. And while they may think that they're giving out a, a, a gar hole, some it may be somebody else's honey hole. Yeah. You know, I hunt I hunt in a spot in Alabama that is very, very difficult to hunt. Like it's hard for deer and turkeys. It's really hard for turkeys, but it's 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 hard for deer as well. Um, people give away the area that I hunt thinking like I got them, you know, but it's the area that I hunt. Like that's my place. I don't want people knowing about that. I want 15 people rolling up. And so, you know, it, you never know who somebody's hunting there. Guarantee it. Unless you're going to the places that Joey's recommending, uh, the state (laughs) parks and city parks and things like that. Yeah. That's probably my favorite way to go about it is just say like some city park Mm -hmm. and just see if people believe you because it's so ridiculous. But right. I, I give people Sorry, I give I, I seriously I give <laughs> I give consumers a, a a lower grade because I think that it's just a part of social media. Like Joey said, it's a byproduct of what mm-hmm. of what social media is. And we really see it in every it, like hunting is not the only group of people that are seeing this. Yeah. Right. It yeah. when when the news media says that guns are going to they're coming after your Second Amendment all the guns go away and you can't find guns and it ruins it for all the people who just need 30 out six rounds for deer season. 20, 20 like, rounds, one box of ammo. <laughs> yeah. I just need one box. Come on, man. Can we get one box? Yeah. It's, Dude, it's I was one... panicked a month ago uh, on finding turkey loads. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. hard, but, but everything is, has this, that is the byproduct of social media. Mm-hmm. It's not just us. We're not special in this. It's all of it. Okay. Byron, we got eight minutes. These oh, eight I'm, minutes I'm, are all yours. Yeah, no, no, I won't take up eight minutes. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a very positive person, and, uh, you know, I'm going to go with a solid nine because, wow. you know, I was going to go like eight point something, and I, I'm just going to go nine because I look at where where I was at 18, 19 years old, and if if the current situation was was back then, a lot more bucks would have died because that learning curve is way quicker. Um, and there's good stuff out there. The, 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 the guys are doing it right. If you want to search for, for the YouTube, fi- you you can find YouTube videos, how to do X and, and it's, it, it's tactic based. It's, it's specific to your area. It's specific to your style. Um, you can find videos on hunting 20 acres. You know, uh, I had permission in college to hunt 10 acres and I would hunt it every Sunday evening, and then I'd skip class a couple times when soccer was over and, and get to me. Dude, what was I doing hunting that October sixteenth on a on a warm front? Like what? But now I could watch Jeff Sturgis, or I could watch you know a, a lot of videos on that would tell me do not hunt that weekend. Maybe you run a trail cam scout, but also maybe you're keeping tabs on the public uh, within the same state and and doing a lot more. It's, yeah, I'm gonna go solid nine. The bikini picks are out there. Those people are out there, but I believe those people that are wanting to find something they can relate to, that they will be entertained by, it's so much better than it was ten years ago. Joey, you started this on a six point five. How do you how do you 
finalize your, your opinions on this. Oh, I like the circle back. Yeah. <laughs> I still think, uh, I think I would still put influencers in general. I, I won't, I don't, Parker broke them down and, you know, YouTube, Instagram and whatever yeah, else. Job. But as far as, as influencers go as a whole, just, you know, from my outside viewpoint, I'd put them at a seven. Uh, and the positive side of things is that, you know, we talked about it earlier, the positive side of those influencers uh, changed my way of thinking like back in, what was it? When did Meat Eater come out on Netflix? Like 2016. Yeah. Uh, you know, up until that point, uh, maybe the only other really quote unquote positive influence that I had was maybe like what Jim Shockey, you know, he was maybe yep. one of the more educated guys in the hunting, in the hunting yeah. realm. Yeah. Uh, but you couldn't relate to him. You know, he was off hunting, no telling what Dick species Dick. of sheep and no telling what in Canada know, stand. Yeah. Stand country, you know, whatever. What about whatever podcasting place. alone? 10 so, years ago, like hunting talk radio on demand radio at that. That that was not even a concept. And look how digestible mm -hmm. it is to to push play when I want to push play. And generally hunters, we got to drive and, and do these hunts or whatever. Nobody used to read the articles as much as they consume a, a hunting podcast. You, you, mm -hmm. The the ability to digest the information, man, I, I really love that. That audio podcast, we'll call it semi longer ish format. But you mm -hmm. you you can't the the the, the people who are going to give influencers a bad grade in this conversation are really people who who would say like uh social media is ruined or, or youtube is ruining hunting areas it's blowing out hunting spots and it's affect they're, they're they're coming at it with a selfish mindset which is understandable hunting in itself is a pretty selfish sport um but they're they're looking at it as a challenge to them. I don't want to challenge what I've been doing. I've been I'm already getting up at two o'clock every morning to kayak into this spot. I don't want to compete with anybody. I'm already doing the hard thing. Well, then you just limited yourself. What you have to do is do what you did before and think even further. Like that's the people who mm -hmm. that's the people who are going to succeed in, in, in this. And if you find yourself, this is where I get I, I get kind of pissed off. If you find yourself in the situation where you're like, YouTube's ruining hunting because I had 15 people at the gate that I've been hunting for 15 years. Well, buckle up, Scooter, because you're going to have to learn something new if you want to if if you want to continue to be this level. Like, remember what got you here and progress. You have to progress because if you don't, then you just you fall into the cat, the the the. I don't, the lowlies you know what i mean you fall into that guy <laughs> okay so we got three minutes left here I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna end this here i think we could keep going but as i've mentioned before my my wife has has got a uh, an egg timer going and, and my time is, is rapidly due i want to end on this note i am creating a shirt parker i need you to point at a camera like uncle sam i want you and it's going to say buckle up scooter and that is going to be a limited edition shirt. And <laughs> it is happening. I promise you right now that is 100% happening. Buckle up, Scooter. You got to be real serious. You got to look at Please the Please tell me you, you said that line to Kenyon as you paddle into the fucking fog last fall. <laughs> but hey, hey, buckle up, Scooter. You're in for the ride of your life. 
<laughs> Gentlemen, I appreciate all of you taking time out of your evenings. This was this has been entirely too enjoyable. This cast has got to get back on here and tackle some of these other top, very pressing topics uh, that no one signed up for, but they just found this in their podcast feed. So uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate all the opinions. And guys, in the show notes below, I will link everybody's uh, social media, YouTube channels, including uh, Joey's, so that you can go follow him and we can we can boost him to influencer status and make him one of those in which he's uh, so cautiously optimistic of. So until Joey next- influences me, he, I want to be like Joey. Seriously. Like, let's be real. I want to be more chill and like joe you're an influencer of influencers absolutely oh next podcast topic right there the influencer of the hey, influencers. y'all just uh, y'all just wait till i'm on the level i can just post bikini pics okay <laughs> sign me up for that only fans boy i'm telling you right now make it turkey fan turkey fan bikinis but uh i'm gonna end this jackie bushman style guys get outside and take a kid hunting and fishing in wild country rules were not created by man don't miss wild country wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m eastern presented by primos speak the language waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment